Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. My name's Keith Farrell. I'm joined, as always, by the number one jet fan in the state of Texas, none other than my colleague and co-host, Michael Legarus. Mike, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on, Keith? What's up, what's Sam? What's going on? What's going on? Sammy, also in the building, the number one high school football coach and wrestling coach in the nation today. Sammy, what's going on? What's going on? What's up, Jet Nation? Mike, Keith, good, how are you doing? Good to see you again, cuz. We had you with us a couple weeks ago talking playoffs, and we're going to get into these playoffs. You know, we'll touch on them in a sec, guys. That's not why anybody's listening to any Jet podcast this week, though. Guys, one thing me and Mike have always said to each other, listeners, Mike, Sammy, is that even when the Jets aren't playing well, which has been the entire time we've done the podcast, the entire time me and Mike have been doing this goddamn podcast, they stunk the whole time, okay? Which is about four or five years now, I forget. Episode 200 and something we're on. Um, but in that time, they've never been short on storylines for us because like Mike's going to allude to in a moment, the way that we run our team makes headlines in the offseason always for negative reasons. As opposed to last offseason, it seemed like, guys, we got a little bit of positive traction going for once, right? Last offseason. And then three plays into this year, we know how that went. It dictated the whole season how it went. So much of what me and Mike and Sammy and every Jet podcaster or person who writes about them has spoken about for the past three or four months. Opinions about Salah, ways we're interpreting things he's saying. Mike, a lot of those fears we had as in, in regards to him. Looks like a lot of that has been proven out here with this article from The Athletic, which dropped this week, which shed the light on the behind-the-scenes kind of machinations of the Jets' front office. Well, more the Jets' coaching staff, I should say. And there's a lot to go through here, Mike. Before we, We're going to go through all the aspects from the article. I'm not sure if everyone has The Athletic. This article is pretty detailed. Pretty detailed on Salah and his incompetence. I think, Jet fans, if you do read this, you're not going to come away with a glowing reputation of the coach at all. We're going to go through it, Mike, but just high-level, Mike, your first thoughts on kind of how they characterize Salah, his mental makeup, how he went about things, and how he comes out after you read this article, Mike. A lot of it we already talked about. I mean, we kind of knew much of this, but coming away from the, the article, it just makes and paints our coach to be neurotic, to be paranoid, to be someone who's insecure, to be someone that he just never portrays himself as being. And um, it's unfortunate. You and I already, Sammy, we already talked about a lot of what, again, what was laid out here, but to have the confirmation around how paranoid this man is, and he's still our head coach, it's very, my t- biggest takeaway is it's very disappointing to me because I do not believe we have any shot to win a Super Bowl because that's literally what Aaron Rodgers is here for. That's literally yeah. why we brought everyone back. I see no path in in winning. So that's my biggest takeaway after the confirmation from. Sammy, I know I know you read the article too, Sammy. What were you thinking when you read it? I know Mike doesn't feel good about next year now because of that article. Uh, Sam, do you think there's any, I want to hear your thoughts on the article, Sam, but do you think there's any way, shape, or form? I know he got an affirmation from the the, the owner, Woody Johnson, uh, but we're finding out from this article maybe some of the things Woody Johnson thinks are supported by social media. So who knows? He might change his mind tomorrow. Sam, do you think Salah's our head coach week one next year, 100%? Uh, so with the article, I found it like 
kind of surprising a little bit. Like, how does a guy like that build a defense that good, to be honest? You know, like, you've got to get guys who believe in you and want to run through a goddamn wall, and this guy manages to build that. And then you find out behind closed doors he's super indecisive and not really sure what the direction of the team is, where to go. Like, that was really surprising. There was hints of it, but you never knew how. But it just was kind of, like, really scathing how open he was to everybody calling dudes in meetings. But um, I think, yeah, probably, because if Rodgers is coming back, he's already been endorsed by him. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Matthias, I see what you're saying there. We're going to get to that. We're going to about to get to that in a second here. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm talking about, right? So, but like Aaron Rodgers has come out, if he's the quarterback, right? And he said, Salah's my guy, Hackett's my guy. Do they all come back? You have to at least start with Hackett because – even in that article, they talk about how useless he was, too. So, yeah. yeah, a lot to go through here. A lot to go through here, guys. I think, uh, I mean, there's no one specific part of this story, I think, that is, uh, you know, the the red herring, or I should say the, the red flag, I should say. Uh, just all of it is disappointing. I mean, to hear that, obviously, when Aaron Rodgers gets hurt in three plays, you're gonna go okay. Well, what are our, what is our projection with Aaron Rodgers, and what is our projection with Zach Wilson slash what's what we thought? Whatever veteran quarterback they bring in, never happens, right? Never happens. But that's what we were all thinking. That's what Mike thought, Sammy thought, Jet fans thought. All right, we got Zach Wilson for a few games. We're gonna bring in a vet, and apparently the bar was just lowered immediately, as if they brought Hackett in. And Mike, if it must, I'm, unless I'm misunderstanding this article. Robert Salah basically said, oh, well, Aaron Rodgers is hurt, so this whole year is a wash now. And we hadn't even played two games yet. And they're already in their minds, he's already Googling other coaches that had had lost their quarterback to see how they did. And he's like, oh, well, Bill Belichick and all these other guys lost their quarterbacks, and they had losing records, and they could make excuses. And we're, we're not even two weeks into the season at this point. And on AABG, after Zach Wilson got hurt, this is the thing that drives me the most crazy, Mike, right? Me... Not a lot of other people, but we said on this show that if you keep going this year with Zach Wilson, this is after they beat the Bills. If you keep going this whole year with Zach Wilson, you're throwing the season away. And Mike, we had some pushback. We had we had people even into week 13 and 14 talking about Zach Wilson positively. Wanting us to look at tape. Acting like people don't know what they're talking about. Oh, Zach Wilson is not the problem. You know what? Robert Salah was saying behind the scenes the same exact thing. Behind the scenes, Robert Salah was saying every single thing Jet fans said about Zach Wilson negatively. In front of the microphone, though, Michael, complete 180. I mean, the detachment from what he was saying and apparently how he behaved behind the scenes, Mike, it's, it's pretty it's pretty glaring And so far as the public. I, I know he's not going to go bash his quarterback, but he was so far in his corner publicly. And then apparently behind the scenes, threw him under the bus every single chance he got, Mike. So Aaron Rodgers goes down in four plays. And essentially, not just Robert Sala, but the organization, they all are essentially say, hey, let's just get the seven wins and call it a day. Let's, let's you know, get the young kids some playing time. And that's why some of the decisions that weren't made weren't made because they're just going to ride it out with Zach and you know, seven wins was good enough. And that right there is a major red flag for me, you know, just as a leader. I mean, if you, as an organization, you as a head coach are going to settle for mediocrity, 
and just say, you know what, we lost Aaron, so we're just not going to fight. We're just going to play guys, and that's the season. I don't want to go to war with you. I don't want you anywhere near my team. But that's what Robert Sala settled for, according to the article. That's what the you know uh, front office, whatever the organization was, you know, let's just survive. And that type of mentality again is a losing mentality. If they win next year, it is despite the coach, because this coach is not someone who's trying to fight and do everything they can to win. He's just trying to survive. And more of the article proves out that case that he's just trying to survive. Um, to your point about Salah researching other coaches who lost the Hall of Fame quarterback, like Kevin McCarthy and and Bill Belichick and others. He did that and was sending that information to the front office, to Woody Johnson, to basically cover his ass, bro. Like this guy, all he does is come up with excuses. Like you hear it all the time. Like, yo, I'm not gonna front that Adam Gase was like the worst coach yeah. ever, right? But at least Adam Gates said, it's my fault. I need to be better, right? I need to do and make changes. You would hear Rex Ryan say, I've got to do better, taking accountability. Bob, Bob is always looking for excuses. It's his MO. And essentially when Aaron went down, he's like, well, my defense is great, you know, I lost Aaron, what do you want me to do about it? Like that, what we just talked about, Keith, Sammy, th that's one of the biggest issues. Like I would get rid of Solid today. I mean, we'll talk about that later, but like, I'm very disappointed with the human being, the leader that Solid is, he's not. He's not a leader to make excuses. Even if it's not your fault, you take accountability and you won't. You know what I'm saying? That's what a, being a leader is, and that's not something that Robert Sala has been showing that year. No, I don't think so at all. And I think if, if what you're immediately, I didn't know he's sending the messages and these information to Woody Johnson. I mean, he was he already, and we see it with politicians every single day. The way they're able to say one thing on Monday, say a different thing on Tuesday, if it helps them get reelected, right? Uh, in Sala's case, I guess self-preservation was the main uh, focus of the season for him, right? Because he wanted to be there next year. It's not my fault. Let's let the young guys play. It wouldn't make sense. But at the same token, it's like, considering how good the defense was, how, you know, it, I'm not saying the run game was spectacular this year, but they could run the ball a little bit with Brees Hall. Considering that the stat we put up, Mike, when we were speaking about Zach Wilson, when he still had defenders, which was that when Zach Wilson didn't start a game for the Jets the past four years, excuse me, the past three years when he was in the NFL, the Jets had the number one passing attack on the NFL. Go Google it up, people. The Jets averaged over 300 yards passing every game he didn't play with the same exact personnel, right? So to know that information and think that after week one with 16 games left and we're 1-0, and there wasn't a contingency. There wasn't, my, my point being, Jet fans, behind the scenes, the coach is burying Zach Wilson because he knows he's not good. What we said on here, even though a lot of people disagree with us, the coach knew what was up, but they did nothing. They did nothing. They just made excuses. I'll oh, let's wait for next year. Um, and then you get into a situation where your owner of the team, Woody Johnson, who's a billionaire, who is running one of the biggest companies on the planet, Johnson & Johnson, apparently 
is basing his opinion or suggesting that a majority of people feel a certain way about a topic based off Twitter. And maybe Woody Johnson and a bunch of incels that want to like storm the Capitol and 12-year-old girls form their opinions from Twitter. Adults don't do that because a topic can have 50,000 people interested in it and it could be the number one trending thing on Twitter and then people go, oh my God, look, the whole world's talking about this. Guess what, guys? There's 330 million people in America. There's 8 billion people on the earth. If 50,000 people are talking about anything, it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. It's not even a drop in the bucket to the collective psyche of human beings. But our owner will go, wait a minute, the number one trending topic on Twitter is this. Look at this, Roberts. I I'm... Twitter is an important, it's a vital tool to get information out. I think it's it's, a, it's important for the podcast, for for um, society nowadays. I get it. But people, don't trip that anything trending on Twitter then means it's a national topic we should be worried about. Or so many people are interested, interested in it because it's false. That's not the truth. But it's less than a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of people can be talking about anything on Twitter. And it could be the number one thing on Twitter. I mean, that's the truth, Mike. And yet our owner, I'll ask you, Sammy, our owner is basing opinions off this. Sammy, you're younger than us. You're, you're in touch with the young kids. Am I off base thinking that there's probably not a worse place for our owner to base any opinion off than Twitter? I, I mean, listen, he has an opportunity to watch the team. Like, I don't understand. You know what I'm saying? That's all you need. You don't need Twitter. You don't need You're You're in the building. You watch the team. You're plugged in. You should know what's going on in your building. And like, honestly, going back to just the solid quarterback thing, like you're a professional football team, right? So your objective is to win football games. You have at one point Joe Flacco calling you like, hey, listen, I'll come back, I'll play, right? And you have Hackett and these guys basically saying, we don't want you, Joe Flacco. We're good to ride it out with this guy who's terrible and just keep losing football games. Um, I don't know. And that speaks volumes, I think. The fact that the staff, the management, that all of them were on the same page with the approach this year, I think in general is a huge problem. And I think yeah. beyond Salah, do we look at like Johnson? Do we do we start treating Johnson like we treat James Dolan and that hat that Mike has on with that team? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do we start treating him that way, right? Because are you now like just so inept that you're actually the fundamental problem throughout this whole process? Well, that's he's been part of the problem in the past when he's, you know, going, oh, I'm going to hire Adam Gase, then hire a GM. Like he's been involved in problems the whole way when he says, oh, I'm just going to let Joe Douglas ride and do what he wants and things like that. But I'll take Twitter and, you know, give my opinion to Robert Salah. Mike, what do you think about that with Woody? kind of his part in all of this with Salah, Twitter, and kind of how he's own, how he's gone about owning the team maybe the past three or four years. Yeah, so the report shows that uh, Woody is trying, you know, following Twitter. When he sees something he doesn't like, he texts it to Robert Salah, says, why aren't we doing this? Why is, you know, why aren't we running the ball better? Or why aren't we doing whatever? And basically when he says that, then Robert, you know, gets emotional and angry. And then he tries to kind of go and figure it out. And um, 
it's been kind of like a snowball effect. And the thing is, is that everything starts from the top, guys. This is the owner of our team that is yeah. following Twitter. And you know he is because you can see the uniform. They'll be Everybody will be like, I want white top and black pants. And the next game, they got white top and black pants because he's on there watching everyone's tweets. I mean, next year, they're going to the retros. Why? Because Jeff fans were screaming, we want to have the retros. So what he's like, he's like this, he's like this kid, this rich kid that just, like, he doesn't understand how to professionally run an organization. And he's literally using Twitter. I mean, there's politicians yeah. using Twitter, too. I'm not going to go sure. call them out. But yeah. anyway, you know, to, to basically um, take the temperature of how good the, the organization is running. And then when he doesn't like something that he's seeing on Twitter, he goes and goes after the coach or Joe Douglas. The New York Jets, guys, are the most sensitive. We talk about emo. The most emo organization in the NFL. You say anything wrong about them. They read all the press clippings. They read all the tweets. Okay? Sala was mentioning how he didn't like the fact that the Jets were covered differently in the newspaper than the Giants. Like, why do you... Why do you care about that? Who the hell cares? You know? What if we weaponized it, got the collective Jets conscious to now influence decisions and we control the team? (laughs) I'd be be okay with that. I'd be okay with that. I know that uh, it is sad, man, like kind of where they're at with Woody and the coach and everything like that because it does seem like this year was just like we were just stuck in stasis. We're just sitting there for a year and we all just watched as the year just floated away. You know, and like no one, no one had any urgency. Everyone's like, oh, we'll, we'll do next year. You know, we'll be cool. Woody just seems like, um, like he just seems like, you know, I don't have any friends that are billionaires or anything like that, but he does seem like just a one percenter nerd wants to be cool. Ha- doesn't even know the, the avenue to take to even attempt to be cool. So he's like on Twitter, which is dominated by morons. You know, I'm not saying anyone who's on Twitter is a moron. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying when a thing trends, something horrible can be trending. You know, they could like Democrats eating babies in a pizza, in a pizza hut, as we know, could be trending, right? Doesn't mean it's real. You know, any crazy thing could trend. You shouldn't then use that to form opinions. Form your own opinion as a human being based off what you see, based off your mind. Don't let other people tell you what you think. I have this conversation with people all the time because so many people let the media tell them what to think. And they then go, well, this is what I think. It's like, no, that, that's not what you think. You got you got told to think that, and then you do. And Woody, we're not getting into politics or anything like that. But Woody Johnson is aligned in that 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 way mentally. It seems he just seems like a dork. It does seem like they're sensitive, Mike. It seems like report came out in this article that Robert Salah. I can understand Salah being upset that the leak came out about Zach not wanting to play. It makes sense that you don't want that to come out. I get it. But if he's saying he's in a room with coaches and he's saying, I want to check your phones. No, okay. So can I lay this out? I got, let me lay yeah. out exactly how this happened. So explain this, Mike. So, 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 uh, Zach gets benched. Uh, Sala basically says, look, we're not going to play you for the rest of the season. Zach's like, okay, I'm not going to play. They're going to trade me. Great. Things go with, uh, with Tim Boyle. He's the worst. And then essentially, uh, they want to have Zach come back. So Salah asked him, hey, do you want to come back and play? Um, Zach doesn't want to play. He's reluctant because in his mind, mentally, he's like, yo, 
I already, you already told me I'm not going to play. You're going to be trading me. So then Salah goes to Rogers. Okay. This is another big little nugget that came out. It's like, yo, talk to, talk to your boy. He doesn't want to play. Rogers calls him. Dak doesn't even want to really hear from Rogers because Dak was always under the impression that he was going to have a direct line to Rogers the whole season. Even when Rogers went down, we were all like, oh, well, at least he's got Rogers there. So apparently, yeah. after Rogers mm -hmm. got hurt, he was out. Yeah. He left him high and dry, Keith. Zach had yeah. nothing. You know what I'm saying? So, so he was already like kind of pissed about that. So he wasn't going to really listen to what Rogers had to say. And then somebody found out about the story, about his reluctance. It came out in the athletic, right? Sala finds out. He gets all his his uh, coaches in the room and he's just like, hey guys, whoever leaked the story, you're, it's okay. You're not in trouble. I'm not gonna, whatever. Just let me know who leaked it. Just, you know, like a parent, like like a dad, like, who, who did it? Who did it? You're not in trouble. You're not grounded. Who did it, right? And basically nobody fessed up. So then he threatened to take coach's phone, okay? And that's when Zach decided to co-play because his image was publicly tarnished. You and me, oh, yeah. you and me went ballistic when we found yeah. out that this dude didn't want to play, which he did it, which he did it. Yeah. That is the truth. Okay. Yeah. So Sala. His reason was pretty good. He's like, listen, your offensive line stinks. And you said you were going to trade me. <laughs> I mean, yo, I, no, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, not like as a professional, like I play football, like F it. Like I'm, I'm out, like I'm a play. Like, I don't but know. Sammy, Sammy's trying to rationalize it from a human standpoint, but there's not, if you're a professional football player and you've collected $30 million the past three years, right? And you know, you ain't going to be here next year. And this is your shot to continue playing. And separate from that, you owe it to your team to play the goddamn game. You don't get to go, nah, I'm not feeling it. You don't work at fucking Target. You don't work at McDonald's, you're a garbage man. You're a quarterback on a professional football team. You don't get to go, nah, you hurt my feelings. You hurt my feelings, so I don't want to play. Like, that's ridiculous. I mean, just so... It, I like oh, that. He thinks I that oil was like, the uh, think, he thinks I read that. I read that when it came out that it might have been boiled. As the secret and if you think about it, look, we're going conspiracy here, Thomas. That's a good thought. Because if you think about it, that makes a ton of sense. Ton of it makes sense. a ton of sense. Because Boyle stuff, like, it was the deal where we talked about on the show, we went through historically. Look, Jet fans, you still like Zach? Knock yourself out. We went through historically on the show how no one's played as many games as him and been as bad ever of any quarterback in the history of the NFL. No one's got that far into their career being this bad. Right? So, of course, we went. Let's see what Tim Boyle can do. Just like Trevor Simeon. We know they're scrubs. And Tim Boyle actually was much worse than Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson is, if Zach Wilson's getting a D plus, Tim Boyle's getting an F. And then Simeon was another, he was a C minus, you know. Um, but Tim Boyle could have been the league. That could have been it. That makes sense. But regardless of that, for, for even put aside for the fact, his reasoning of not wanting to play Zach. Um, the, the fact that it got out, I could see that being embarrassing. The fact that, the, the part of that that was the most alarming to me, guys, was the Aaron Rodgers part, which I kind of, look, before he was on the Jets, Sammy knows, Mike knows, I've had him on my dynasty team in football forever, so I had a relationship fantasy-wise with Rodgers, but always felt like he's kind of was a douche, kind of a smug, kind of a douchey guy, which you can still see with the Jimmy Kimmel stuff and everything. Um, my take, I, I can't read that right now, hold on one sec. Uh, but I was thinking that 
it seemed like a lot of the stuff last year, the beginning of the year with the Jets, he said every right thing. Body language, perfect. He's on the show saying all the right things. In my mind, I'm like, is this like the real guy or not? Because actions, guys, as we all know, speak a lot louder than words, right? right? And his actions didn't back up what he said he wanted to be to this team or be to Zach Wilson, which was someone who was a, a confidant, someone who's maybe a mentor, someone that could maybe help him out um, down the line in the season. He wasn't that. And that's also, look, I don't, I don't think that that's going to affect that part of the story. It doesn't affect the Jets next year, but it does give you an insight into Aaron Rodgers' personality. Yeah. And the type of person he is. Do you agree with that, Mike? No, I, I, I do. I do agree with that. I just really quickly, I want to respond to Dan. He says, do we think that Kyle is going to be the coach next year, week, next year, week one? He said, now the, the um, variables, Carol are all names that are out there. Here, here's what I'm just going to say about this guy. I, I definitely don't want Salah as our head coach, right? But I think the right choice is to bring him back and bring everybody back because of Aaron Rodgers. No other coach is going to accept this position. Vrabel's not going to want this. So they've got to win next year. There's no way Vrabel is going to come in. Belichick is going to come in. Any of these coaches are going to come in to this mess. Okay. Um, so because we have Aaron, I think that the right course of action, either you blow the whole thing up right now or yeah. you just ride. Okay. <laughs> and we all know that the entire coaching staff is going to be on, you know, is going to be, um, on the hot seat. Yep. And we haven't even gotten into Hackett yet. Hackett is the most, most attack cast. That's here, what I but, wanted to get into next year. But, but Aaron, but, but Aaron, he's. You know, he's got a lot that he's going to have to live up to. And he's not afraid. Yeah. He's not afraid yeah. of that no, type of pressure. No, no, I know. Can I, can I say something about this? Yeah, we got Because, listen, it's you're going to hate, hate me, okay? But one of the things you're talking about with Belichick is that no one wants Belichick because what comes with Bill is firing like 50 people. Because yeah, Bill's going to be like, yo, your whole team, I'm like, I'm bringing in all my own dudes. Mm -hmm. uh, listen, there probably is about 30 or 40 people in that building that probably need to go. So <laughs> if you, I'm just saying, if you really want the restart yeah. and you want the excuse to reset the whole thing, Belichick's the out, right? Because Belichick gets everybody fired. That means Douglas is gone. All the coaches are gone. The scouts are gone. I'm just saying. Let me I'm let me let me let me let me just say something real quick. Me to you. Me to you. I would rather burn in hell. I, mean, I would rather the Jets go 0 and 16 for the next decade than to hire as our coach. Are you like maybe you haven't been paying attention I'm the last saying, decade? What do you think? What do you think? Woody Johnson. Woody Johnson. It's Woody Johnson we're talking about here. I'm not talking about you, me, Keith, Jet Nation. I'm talking I, about okay, Woody, okay. Woody Johnson here. I got you. I got you. Yes. I'm talking about yes. Woody Johnson here. Yes. 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 I get it. I get it. From Woody's perspective, I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> but but he would have a... He couldn't do it because it's like... It's like, electing, it's like electing Vladimir Putin as president of the United States. Like the people aren't yeah. gonna, the people aren't gonna stand for it. Then the Jet Nation, they would lose all their sales. Nobody's going to the game. I wouldn't. I would. I would not watch a Jet game. No. No. Don't do that. Like no. that's like Tom Brady as a quarterback. No, 
Never. I'm just throwing Never. it out. He's also, guys, person, so. do we wanna do we wanna hire a coach that has a career record under 500 without Tom Brady? No, I don't. absolutely not. I don't. No. Um, so I mean, look, I, I can see that. And, Sammy, I'm not even suggesting the 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 nuclear option. Sammy, the red button on the table for Woody to hit. That's the button right there. Um, and I think to Dan's point, we talked about it a little earlier in the show. Odds are Salah will be back week one because of what Mike said. They don't want to rock the boat. Aaron Rodgers basically holding our, our, our entire organization hostage right now, as we know. Um, but I think, look, I'm not I'm not okay with saying 100% I think he'll be back. I think there's a slight chance he won't be back. And I think it has to do with the fact that Rodgers is more connected to Hackett, Nathaniel Hackett, than he is Robert Salah. Now, Mike, Nathaniel Hackett, I mean, this article did not paint a glowing picture of him. Oh, my goodness. Hacked. All, and it almost, it almost seems like there's no other scenario aside from the Jets having Aaron Rodgers here and having to wait a whole year for him with Hackett. There's no other scenario where the guy wouldn't have been fired. Any other hypothetical I could think of, he's already fired. And Mike, you have some notes you sent me here. Um, and what I read in the article too was about the players feeling like he did not pay attention to detail. Um, I know when it comes to the... Uh, Offensive run coach and against Keith Carter. I know Todd Downey's the passing game coordinator. Man, that's like he just wouldn't convey game plans to those guys. And who else? I mean, who else are you gonna? I mean, it just seemed like all of aspects of the offense once Rodgers wasn't there, or even when he was there, it seemed like Mike, even in even in the preseason, he's not looking at tape. Am I am I reading this wrong, Mike? Like no. Packets seem like almost kind of checked out all season long with the Jets. He he's a yes man. Let's just be real. He's a yes man to Aaron. And guess what, guys? Aaron won two MVPs, you know, because he basically ran it himself. And he likes that freedom. And he deserves that freedom. Aaron is yeah. one of the best there is. And that's why he loves to have a guy like Hackett because Hackett doesn't get into the details. He doesn't look at film. He's not always trying to butt in. He basically puts a construct of a plan together and then Aaron just puts the pieces specifically for the defenses that he sees and calls the plays and audibles as he, as he will. And it was his system and everybody was just pretty much just giving it to Aaron and they were going to go in until four plays in, they were fell flat on their face and they had to pick it up. It wasn't until the Houston game where Hackett made some adjustments that actually saw success around some of Zach Wilson's skills. This article was so damning on Hackett. The thing is, we all knew it though. Sammy, yeah. you and I talked about it with his schemes. You were explaining it on one of our previous shows. Zero adjustment, not yeah. at all adapting. There was a game against the Dallas Cowboys. Micah uh, uh, Parsons was just decimating our offensive line. Yeah. Carter asked Hackett, hey, can you make some adjustments at halftime? Help out Dwayne Brown. Nothing was done eradicated decimated yeah. okay this went on and on and on guys dvoa percentage this was the worst offense in the history of the jets this 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 year okay everyone wanted to blame lafleur lafleur is actually looking great over there on the rims you know what i'm saying like when zach didn't play lafleur's offense actually did well yeah. you know what i'm saying That's true. so 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 I, what was the other thing they said about Hackett? Um, Lazard called Hackett out after the Miami game. Like, we got out-schemed and out-coached. Hackett didn't like that. Guess what? Lazard didn't see another minute. Ben, mm -hmm. rest of the season. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yo, like, 
we have to bring him back because he's 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 Rogers' boy. This is what we signed up for. Um, it is what it is, guys. Like we're just gonna go into next year, and you better win. Like yeah. there is no excuses. Okay, even if Rogers goes, that is no. You have to win next year, yeah. and Hackett and Salah and all of them will be out the door faster than you know what. Yeah, Sammy, you think it's safe to say? Hackett had a, I mean, Hackett got a head coaching job off the strength of being Aaron Rodgers' coordinator, right? Um, but, like, kind of with Peyton Manning back in the day, his offensive coordinators, they never got a lot of credit because Peyton Manning was kind of calling the game on his own. Aaron Rodgers pretty much did that with Green Bay. Then he got hired with Denver, as we know, Hackett. Comes to the Jets and basically does nothing last year. It's pretty indicative of a coach that was just riding Aaron Rodgers' coattails. He really didn't do much. In Green Bay, apparently, because once Aaron Rodgers, once Aaron Rodgers got removed from the equation with him as an offensive coordinator, when he was like, "If the same Jets, same players, same personnel," I know Aaron's out. Come on, we got to make something happen. He just checked out. He didn't do anything, Sammy. It seems like all the success is tied to Aaron Rodgers, um, which is why he seems like he's probably the ultimate yes man next year for Aaron Rodgers once Aaron's comes in. So yeah, the one thing I've learned about the Jets as I've gotten older now is that um, it's the same exact thing over and over again, right? So like. Four years ago, you sat on this show and you said, we've like seen enough of Sam Darnold, all these people trying to defend Sam Darnold, being this guy, but this guy sucks, right? And then you just sat here 10 minutes ago and said the same exact thing about Zach Wilson in the same exact way, right? And then we go out and we're like, well, Adam Gase is a guy who was with Peyton Manning, becomes a head coach, fails, like terribly fails, like not even close to succeeding but we'll give him a chance he fails terribly with us because that's what he did elsewhere and then Hackett comes in same exact scenario with a great quarterback goes to a place fails terribly and we're like that's the guy that we want to lead our offense instead of this young dude who whose brother like clearly is a football family like clearly they live breathe sleep eat football right like just give the guy a chance. He's like 30 something years old. Like let that guy rock for a little yeah. bit. Like he's like, you give him a shorter lifespan then you give Zach Wilson and Zach Wilson's terrible, right? So it's like the same thing over and over and over again. Um, I, <laughs> it's super frustrating, right? Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if Hackett is gone because okay. I think that I think it's to a point where everybody now understands that Aaron Rodgers doesn't even really need him. And he was tremendously unequipped to handle any scenario without Aaron Rodgers. That means you're not a good coach, right? Like Adam Gase is no longer a coach in football because the exact thing that Hackett did last year with this offense, Adam Gase did with this offense over and over again. And then every team watched that and was like, this guy doesn't understand basic things. Yeah, right? exactly. That's that's exactly what's going to happen to Hackett. They're going to be like, this guy, is, the Micah Parsons example Mike brought up, we talked about on the show, it was as simple as just having a running back go down and chip him at the line of scrimmage. Shit, man. He was just yeah. like, I'm not going to do that. What Why do not? That? You know? Um, whereas Aaron Rodgers just tells the guy in the huddle, hey, you're going to do this now. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The coach yeah. of the football team, though. And that's where I yeah, think all this the... comes back to, like, Zach Wilson not wanting to play, all of the stuff we just talked about, it all circles back to the two coaches and the unwillingness of the team, which surprised me the most about the defense, 
the unwillingness yeah. of the offense to play football for those guys, and then everybody else wanting to play seemingly for Olbrick. Like everybody yeah. wanted to play for that guy. No one else on the team wanted yeah. to play for the other two guys. Yeah, and that's kind of what was a dichotomy of last season right there. And it seemed like, my guys, the season went on. Another thing that came out of this, and we, we kind of joked around about it, it did seem like Aaron Rodgers is like making high-level decisions or at least influencing high-level decisions with the team as if he's an assistant general manager. The guys they brought in on his say-so, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Nathaniel Hackett, disasters. All of them, all of them. Randall Cobb was just, uh, he's an... He was a depth beast, so I'm not going to get too much into rental call. But they gave Alan Lazard over $40 million. Um, I know he got – had something to say to Hackett. He got benched. He also played horribly last year. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett was a disaster last year. It doesn't mean that's how it's going to go next season. But, man, it's like there's a lot of expectations, I think, now. or There was already a lot of expectations on Aaron Rodgers' shoulders for many reasons, right? But considering how last year went, considering kind of his detachment apparently from Zach Wilson not helping out at all considering that a lot of people that are here in this organization they're not helping us they're actually hurting the team or here because of him he better perform next year like I said I mean kind of goes without saying like if they don't play well next year there's not going to be a second year of Aaron Rodgers it's not a thing guys we don't have to really think too much about it but Mike let's touch on these playoff games real quick next next week guys we'll be back with the super bowl show the ultimate super bowl trivia extravaganza we're gonna have next week wookie will be back might have some surprise guests for the super bowl show um we're not gonna go too deep into the super bowl right now we do gotta touch on the buffalo bills taking that l though we gotta talk about the hill people taking that l baby now look the one week one every year the bills that's I really like Allen will run for 100. He'll throw three touchdowns, 127 QB rating, whatever the hell it is. But they always lose that next game. They always, when, when push comes to shove, they end up losing. And again, I mean, look, guys, just to remind everyone, the Buffalo Bills have never won a Super Bowl. Remember, guys? They never won a Super Bowl. All this hype about them being great and we get into our head all Josh Allen, this and that, this and that. They have won nothing. Zach Wilson and Josh Allen have the same amount of Super Bowls, right? Guys, like, there's no, they, they, I mean, they're good in the regular season, but Mike, that's not a team, apparently, that's built for the playoffs because every single year they run into Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs and a team that, Mike, I know you were riding with them this week, but I know during the year, a lot of doubters for the Chiefs, maybe the offense wasn't as good. Mike, the, the wide receiver play besides Rasheed Rice, they have basically have no one. Everyone drops balls. The Chiefs were not looked at as a juggernaut coming in. Mike still got that W though. Yeah, I, know I saw I saw the, the 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 light switch on like in late de mid December. I saw Kelsey stepping up, and I just you know I said to you you know I had picked the Ravens to go to the Super Bowl preseason. My preseason yeah. pick was Ravens Eagles, um, and so you know once I saw the Chiefs doing what they're doing, like I said, I don't bet against Jordan, and to me yeah. Mahomes is the best player in the world. And if you're playing at the best and that defense, I'm like you're not. I mean, he did it already. He's already won two. Yeah. He's got to win three, you know? And so I, I very much enjoyed seeing the, the Bills lose and, and blow their window pretty much out of the water. Um, I find it hilarious how, you know, Josh Allen, you know, makes this late season run and how he's an MVP candidate and how he's Mr. January and how he's a top five quarterback. And he's done nothing, people. He's done nothing. Okay? He is very much like Cam Newton. I'd like you to one day go and look at Cam Newton's um, 
stat statistics that Cam Newton was a savage. He was just like Josh Allen in that you couldn't stop him on the ground yeah. and he would call Yeah, how long did his career last? Where's yeah. Cam Newton now? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You think Josh Allen's going to be able to survive this for the next 10 years running around like a like an idiot? No. And yeah, is he an athletic guy? Yeah, but to say he's a top five quarterback, a passer? No, 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 he's not. I well, he just take... led the league in interceptions again. Again, and, and, and he's yeah. like, look, what I take Josh Allen on the Jets, obviously, because he, he puts up points. And he's, I'm, not, I'm not naive to that fact. But the guys that win Super Bowls very often aren't the guys that turn the ball over all the time. It's why he's Cam Newton that in that year, Cam Newton won the MVP and got to the Super Bowl was great that year, but his inefficiencies at quarterback over time show out because he wasn't that accurate, couldn't make those throws to the sideline. Josh Allen can make these throws, but still, Sammy, he's a little, when he plays, you feel a level. It's like boom or bust with Josh Allen. In the boom games, you're like, this guy is next level. And in the bust games, you're like, oh, man, what was he doing? What? Was, and I'm not blaming this whole loss on Josh Allen. He played okay. But the Bills, Sammy, they always find a way to take that L in the playoffs, don't they? Dude, so listen, like at least Jim Kelly took him to four Super Bowls and lost. You know what That's I'm saying? Like, he hasn't even taken them there and lost. Anyway, yeah. um, I don't know what it is, dude. I was actually looking at it. So, I know that was a good. One. So I was actually looking at it. He, for some reason, and this is actually kind of like slept on. He plays unbelievable against the Chiefs. Like unbelievable. Their stats are his, good. His stat line on the Chiefs. He's got like 14 tutties, two ints, like. He plays in all the games, but he can't beat Mahomes. Like, Patty is undefeated in the playoffs against him. So he plays lights out. Like, he plays the best games of his life against Patrick Mahomes and still can't win. And that's my favorite part about the whole thing is that he's actually playing, like, top Josh Allen football, the ceiling of Josh Allen. He's playing at it, and he can't beat Mahomes at the peak of what he's capable of. I love that. In this most recent game, and even this most recent game, Allen, I think he ran. And Sammy, his most effective versus the Chiefs with his legs. It's not like he plays good games. And with his legs, though, he just tears them apart every time he plays. I mean, he had two touchdowns, I think, in this playoff game. He only threw – he didn't even throw for 200 yards, but he ran all over the place. I think he had 70 yards or 80 yards rushing. I don't know what it was on top of my head, but he's pretty efficient moving the ball. But, guys, in that fourth quarter, when there's 10 minutes left – it just seems like things like freeze up or I don't know. There's this mental box. There was some drops by the bills there too, but that was a few weeks ago. We know what happened after that last week. If you want them. So he, the four games, he's yeah. got two tutties, three tutties, three, one with just the two ints. Mm-hmm. And then, um, oh, they don't he only threw one touchdown this past game. I know that. Yeah. That's the one touchdown from this past yeah. game. Um, they don't have his rush yards though. I know that. Look, the Bills took that L, guys. The following week, Chiefs go on and play the Ravens. I think most people were thinking, not Mike, because Mike was riding with Mahomes. I talk to Mike. Mike was all down for Mahomes. But a lot of people were thinking, look, this is like finally Lamar's time. You know, like Mahomes has his little run. All these young beasts that we all love. Josh Allen hasn't. But all the rest of these guys, man, they get their shot that year to kind of make that run. And it kind of felt like, the way Mike, also the way the season ended, Lamar was playing so good, even passing the ball, running the ball, and the whole loss isn't just on the quarterback last week versus the Chiefs. But man, once again, the Chiefs just find a way to win. They beat Lamar and the and the Rams. They kind of uh, Lamar and the Ravens. They kind of controlled the whole game. The Chiefs, from my standpoint, I never really felt like I thought the Ravens were going to win at any, at any point, Mike, in that whole game. 
That's what champions do. They just go and they play. Travis Kelsey played unbelievable. I mean, that was the best I saw him play all season. Um, you know, I've and, and, and you want to know one of the reasons why I knew the piece were going to win because you knew Taylor Swift was going to Vegas. You knew it. You knew when the moment this whole thing started, you could just see it. The NFL, I mean, the conspiracy theories go out and everything like that. But no, hats off to the Chiefs. And um, I definitely think they're going to win the Super Bowl. Um, I, I feel, feel very confidently about that. And I think that uh, Mahomes, eye test wise, is the best quarterback I've ever seen. And I think, you know, statistically, he's ahead of Tom Brady right now. If you take their careers and where they were, he's got more more playoff wins or better winning percentage, more. He's ahead of them, pretty much. Not by much, and, but he's ahead of them. And, right Mahomes, and Mahomes' team hasn't been fine. Any draft picks or anyone. Yeah, that, that's right. And remember, when it comes to no, Tom, no film, the NFL didn't destroy any film from the Chiefs videotaping anyone in the Super Bowl either. And they're fun humans. Like, Kelsey's a fun that's, human. That's right. Now, now here's the thing that's going to happen, though, guys. I think this is Andy Reid's last year, and it possibly could be Kelsey too. It just depends. I don't know exactly. I mean, he uh, might Kelsey said he's playing. He's going to keep playing. So, at least if they if they lose Andy Reid, I just wonder what they would do. You know, moving forward. Now, I heard some conspiracies out there that Bill Belichick will just slide in. Yeah, I actually heard Taylor Swift just takes over as head coach. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I mean, that would make the most sense to me. Just get in there, get the headset on. I mean, they show her enough during the game anyway, probably, right? She's probably getting she more screen time than Andy Reid for sure. But this is where Tom went into his his lull, remember? Like, he didn't win a Super Bowl for a while. They lost to the Giants in those two, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. came back maybe eight years. So now, like, if to me, if, if, if Patrick can win two more and get to five, He's, he's the GOAT to me. Andy Reid, he's 65. He ain't going anywhere. They're in the middle of a dynasty. They're going to run this thing out for another six years, win another four chips, and they're going to go down as the greatest of all time. All <laughs> time. He ain't going anywhere. That man that man apparently is best friends with Taylor Swift's dad and set that whole thing up between the two of them. That man's an OG. He's not going anywhere. Really? Dude, yeah. Apparently, yeah. he's friends with Taylor Swift's dad. They go way back, back to like the 70s or something like that. And he like hooked the two up initially in the first place. Wow. But that's a whole nother, yeah. Um, but listen, that Lamar, that if the Chiefs play like they did last week, which they dominated the line of scrimmage against probably the best rush front in football. Like they're the best front seven between Rokon Smith and uh, what's his name? Uh, Queen. Rokon Smith is scary. Scary that scary, and, but they want to hurt you too, and that makes them yeah. so much scarier. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. the Chiefs went in there like we're gonna outdog them today, and they did yeah. right. And that defense has looked better than it's ever looked in the whole dynasty run, and that's even scarier because Patrick Mahomes is Patty Mahomes, but the defense looks awesome. Like they're flying around the field, playing great football. Chris Jones is a freak. Literally in that game, Tony Romo goes. This is the type of play where Chris Jones comes in, gets a pass deflection, changes the game. And literally, next play, Chris Jones, pass deflection, third down, turns it into fourth down, changes the whole play. And you're like, Lamar never got comfortable. He never looked like he would. He knew what was going on, what the Chiefs were doing. Um, they yeah. were in control that whole time, like you said, Keith. Um, so if they play like that, that Niners team. But right. that Niners team, again, though, that's another team, right? They remember last year. 
they remember like they're set up. That seems a bunch of. Dogs I think it's going to be so interesting. This Super Bowl is going to be great. And to Mike's oh. point, I just want to get to that real quick, Mike. You said because some people might think it's hyperbole to say that you think Mahomes is the best quarterback you've ever seen, but if he wins a Super Bowl next weekend, guys, he has three Super Bowls. The only people that have more, the only people that have three Super Bowls: Troy Aikman, Terry Bradshaw, um, Joe Montana, Tom Brady. Only, only four guys have ever done it. Terry Bradshaw is the most overrated player in the history of probably sports of all time. Just eliminate him from that conversation. Drakeman's similar. Um, a quarterback on a decent team, probably super overrated. But Montana Brady, those are the two goats to me, right? Um, Patrick Mahomes puts himself in that echelon with the third Super Bowl because separate from the wins on the field and the Super Bowl stats, Mike, second highest quarterback rating in the history of the NFL, a hair behind number one, who is, of course, Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback of the New York Jets. Um, just so everybody knows that. File that one away. So Mike is not crazy in suggesting that. If you're the second highest quarterback rating ever, and you played as much as him, and you're going into you maybe win your third Super Bowl, and you've been in the championship game six years in a row, every year of your career, they get to the playoffs and figure it out. Mahomes is something else, man. And that, we're going to talk about the Niners, but we have to talk about that game in itself, the poor Lions. I want to say, I know no one really knows a Lions fan. Um, Tina's actually friends with her friend Paula out here who's from Michigan, a huge Lions fan. She was watching the game with me here. The, the Lions are smashing in the first half at 24 to 7, guys. And she made the decision at halftime to go home. Oh, no. I saw a little bit of smugness. I saw a little bit of a vibe that she thought the game was a wrap. And I know she had dogs to walk, whatever the case may be. But I was like, I don't know. You really want to leave? Like, mm. you don't want to really change the, the juju. We know what happened in the second half. So I feel bad. To put this on her, but you do have to blame the loss on Paula. If you're listening, that's all your fault. Um, the all, all the city of Detroit should blame you, and the state of Michigan has to put that on you because that collapse, man. Like twenty four to seven, seventeen points in the second half. It, it's not it doesn't seem insurmountable, but then you look at how many teams have done it. Doesn't happen very often for a team to blow a lead, especially when they're playing that well, guys. What do you think, Sammy? When you were watching that Niners Lions game, when they're up twenty four seven, and they were rolling, they went into half with momentum. It just seemed like, in my mind, it just, it just seemed like it was not the Niners' day to me, Sam. Yeah. Um, I just want to say Mahomes is 28 also. But, dude, the, the Lions, I thought they were going to win just because Dan Campbell has this, like, weird, aggressive, like, old-school approach that the guys just love. That whole city yeah. team, they bought in so hard – that when they came out and just were dominating the Niners, I was like, uh-oh. Like, yeah. is this one of those games where the Niners come in again super confident and now the Lions are ready, steamroll this team, and it ends up being 40 to 14. We've all seen it. It's happened before, yeah. you know? Um, but then here comes, again, and this is why he's one of the best head coaches and he never gets credit, Shanahan. His halftime adjustments are always phenomenal. Like, he always does an amazing job at understanding what the other coach is doing. And then changing what he does because he's so smart and he's built so much in already that he can go to like a million different other things that they practice and work on all season and totally redefine what they're working on. So he yeah. comes out in that second half, it looks like a whole nother offense. And they what score like three touchdowns, two touchdowns yeah. almost immediately. And you're like, all right, well, here we go. Like the Niners and Brock Purdy, this kid has get zero respite seven last pick in the draft they're like he has one bad game they're like he's the worst quarterback ever look at him and then when it matters again this guy lights out makes beautiful throws all over the football field like composed he looks calm chill always like like a surfer cat like just 
yeah. always vibing. And then I've never seen him emotional. And then when he wins and he's all fired up, I was like, oh, he's got, he's got a little bit of, you know, thing in him. Uh, that Niners team looked really good to me, especially against a really good Detroit team. Yeah. And I think Purdy, um, I do think myself, Purdy is a good, obviously he's a good quarterback, but I think he's a product of the team he plays for. And I think he didn't play well in the first playoff game. He didn't play well last week either, but he did play well in the fourth quarter. And like what Sammy's saying, he played well when it mattered the most. And that's often when guys wilt. It's often when guys don't play well. That's often when guys crumble under the pressure. Um, They have three good quarters and they stink in the fourth quarter. I don't think Purdy was necessarily great that first playoff game, but he played well and he made great throws at the end. Same thing in this game. First half, he didn't look good. First half, their whole team looked bad. We're going to be honest. I'm, I'm not just putting it on Purdy. But in the second half, um, he was pretty efficient. Only one, he had one touchdown, one interception on the day. Purdy also been using the legs a little bit. Um, 48 yards rushing for the kid. So he's everything he could do to win the game. The kid's doing it to win the game. Um, Niners, Chiefs in the finals, guys. We're going to get into the Super Bowl uh, next week. We'll do a little preview of the Super Bowl, what we think about the game. We're going to do some Super Bowl trivia and all that good stuff, guys. Um, I think we covered all Jets-related topics for this week. Mike, are we good, Mike? I just want to say one thing. Purdy saved his career with that fourth quarter. You know, that's what sucks <laughs> when you're Mr. That's Irrelevant. What I mean. He's a seventh That's what sucks man. when you're Mr. Irrelevant. I'm telling you guys right now because I, was, I, I also monitor Twitter just like Woody. And he was playing pretty crappy until the fourth quarter and played crappy yeah. last week and if they had lost to the to the lions the 49ers would have had a new quarterback going it's through. so crazy this dude zach wilson got three or four years I, I know, I know. nfc championship yeah. game not to, this is their window and shanahan knows it so oh, yeah I mean, if, they blew, if they blew that and he it's because of purdy not stepping it up i promise yeah. you he would not have been the quarterback and I knew that because I saw Dan Scampoli getting all excited on 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 our on our chat because he he knew he, his quarterback was good next year for Dynasty. Getting in now now again go to the Super Bowl again. The closer this to the sun you get, the, yeah. closer, the better your chance you're going to get burned. The whole world's watching. You lay an egg on national television in front of the whole planet, you know, yeah. and you're Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah, and that's what happens. Well, I think. You know, I think he just is a perfect fit, for, like what he does in that system. Like, I don't think Sam Darnold would have the same stats as Purdy, but I think he would have had a, probably a pretty good year too. Yeah. Um, I, I just they're, they're set up for success. They have so many playmakers. Um, he led the league in yards per attempt. I mean, he averaged nine point six yards per pass, but most of his passes were at the line of scrimmage. That that shows you everything you know about the 49ers. You know, they dump the ball off and they the guys make plays. And they have a million ways to attack you, like Sammy said. They're not one-dimensional, which is why if you're shutting down one thing or you have a good game plan against them, it's probably not going to last four quarters. Um, the Chiefs know that, I think. And in the Chiefs' defensive line going up against the Niners' offensive line, that's going to be one of the battles of the Super Bowl. I can't wait to see that. Yeah. Purdy, QB rating last week was about 89. The week before was 86. During the season, it was 113. So you can't really be better than he was during the season. 113 is ridiculous to have for your whole season. That means you're... You could call him a game manager if people want. I know some people have torn him down throughout the year, but I think he had 33 touchdowns. Um, just to put some perspective, Jet, Jet fans, hold on, Sandy, one sec. Perspective, Jet fans. One quarterback in the history of the Jets has ever even thrown for 30 touchdowns. Ryan Fitzpatrick, in yeah. the history of our entire team. So him throwing for 33, I know the offense is a juggernaut. It, it's 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 pretty remarkable to be the last pick in the draft and have the stats he's had. Okay. Um, I know he has a lot of detractors, but like Sammy said, where Zach Wilson was drafted, is why we still had people tripping this year, three months into the year. Oh my God, you can still be great. That's why. 
and where he was drafted, Purdy, the complete opposite happens with him. Exactly. You know, so. And just to say, just to Purdy's defense, there's a lot of stars in that locker room who, if he was just like an okay dude, probably wouldn't have his back as hard as they do. Yeah, yeah. After like, all these guys, they're not, you know, they're not scrubs. They've been around yeah. a while, so. And the Niners know, like Mike said, with this window, so you have a quarterback playing this well on a rookie contract. Um, you got to make you got to make hay while you can because in two years, if he continues playing this well, um, and he's an MVP candidate for the first four years of his career, he's getting fifty million dollars a season. Yep. So I mean, that's just the reality of Niners. So your windows now, Niner fans. But I think we covered everything. Like I said, we'll be back next week, guys. Probably middle of the week with the Super Bowl trivia show for everybody. That'll be a blast, Mike. If anyone does want to get at us or support us in any way, shape, or form, Mike, how could they do that? Hey guys, we always appreciate everybody watching on YouTube, on Twitter, on Facebook. You can find us at AEBG.JetsRadio on Twitter, X. You can find us at AEBG underscore NYJ podcast and on Instagram at Jet.AEBG. You heard the man on behalf of the biggest Jet in the state of Texas, Michael Agaris, on behalf of the number one high school football coach of the nation today, Sammy O'Hare. My name's Keith Farrell. Get at you next week, everybody. Peace out. Yeah.